Hello, hello everyone. It's Britt, the Petite Polymath. And today we're going to be talking about a book that I read in less than 24 hours, Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. Get excited! So hello. Um, the last time that I recorded was about some TV shows that I had been watching in the last couple of weeks. But then I was traveling, and when I travel, I usually read a book. And my friend and neighbor, Pamela, um, actually recommended a book to me that she read over the holiday break called Lessons in Chemistry. And she thought I would appreciate it um, as a fellow woman in the land of science um, and in a field that has largely been male-dominated historically. So Pamela doesn't steer you wrong, usually, in the land of recommendations. I happen to be very fortunate that I have friends that, uh, for the most part, we have commonality about a lot of the cultural things that we enjoy. So I um, downloaded it on my Kindle and started reading it on the plane. And man, it was great. I highly recommend it to everyone. And uh, a quick synopsis. Apparently, I think it's going to be turned into a TV series or maybe a movie. I don't know. But uh, the premise is that we meet a Elizabeth Zott, who is a very intelligent and also very attractive woman. I'm guessing she potentially is on the spectrum. Like she could be kind of highly functioning person with Asperger's just because she seems to be pretty literal. And uh, she comes from a very kind of dysfunctional, um, unhappy home. And we learn more about that through the book. She is incredibly intelligent and she wants to be a scientist, uh, but it is the 1950s and it is kind of peak, you know, Mad Men era where men are just, you know, treating women horribly and their mediocrity gets pushed to the forefront. Um, you know, they make more money. They kind of operate in these very kind of you know, brutish ways with each other and definitely with women. And the, and the place for a woman is in the home with their children is the way that, you know, the world sees women at this time. And so you get a crash course in, in kind of the hardships that Elizabeth comes up against because she's a woman, but also because she's pretty. And not just because she's pretty, but she's pretty and she's smart. And she's pretty and she's smart and she refuses to play the game because she has this sense of justice that um, unfortunately uh, doesn't really do her any favors. And she ends up meeting um, a match, and it's not a spoiler. Uh, she meets a man who is as smart as her, who also comes from a very broken home named Calvin Evans, but he sees her as an equal not as competition, not as someone to be dominated or possessed, but as someone who he sees himself in, someone who compliments him. 
and he's also a scientist. And it's a beautiful love story of, of how they meet each other in this way. Um, it's also just a very um, touching you know, story about what does it mean to find your people? What does family mean? What does faith mean? Um, I don't know what the author's view is. I, I don't know if she's atheist or not. But there's a lot of, there's a, a big push or a lot of antagonism between, you know, kind of religion and science and the fact that faith actually can exist, you know, regardless of whether you think you're religious or not. And, and pushing back at the fact that maybe actually scientific faith is its own religion. Um, and whether there's a God or not, and if, and if it's possible to, to be scientifically, I don't know, um, what's the word? Not sincere, but maybe that's what I'm going for. And still, like, create space for a belief in, in God, right? Also, I think that the views of, like, forgiveness... Um, learning to understand that, like, you don't always know someone's backstory and how to have compassion and meet them where they are, the ways in which women internalize misogyny, and how hard it is for, in, for intelligent women in the world and the systems at play that want to keep women back. Um, and I would say not even, it's almost as if there are systems at play that want to have women, sell women a bill of goods, sell them a demoted life in such a way that if you push up against that and you, and you give women the tools uh, to rise above or to be more than what they thought they could be, how that completely uh, disturbs, you know, the status quo and how men are terrified of that. I found it very interesting, too, that you keep seeing, you know, just how, how terrified men are of women, largely, uh, and resentful. And cruel because of their own inadequacies. Um, and then also how women are that way to each other. Um, when they maybe haven't done what they could do. And they see a woman who's doing all the things. How people want to put you in your, in your place. In the pecking order of that. And Elizabeth Zott is a white woman in this, in this book. That's where intersectionality comes in. Because I think, and she even po you know, poses a point about this about the civil rights movement and about the disservice that we do each other when we um, dismiss people and are not equitable in the access uh, to bettering ourselves based on gender and ethnicity and socioeconomic class and how we destroy the entire world by that, right? how we set ourselves back 
by not letting people reach their full potential. Because at the end of the day, it is a disservice to the human community if everyone's not meeting their potential. Because who knows what gifts exist in people. Um, you know, this idea of even, you know, intellectual property and people stealing ideas and not being trustworthy and, and the ways that uh, people will, um, will let dysfunction and cruelty exist in their, in their view if it serves their benefit. You know, whether it was um, an orphanage with, you know, people in authority abusing children, whether it's, you know, a boss or a supervisor that everyone knows is a lech, you know, treating women inappropriately. People will look the other way if it doesn't benefit them to put their foot down. And you see it in, in every world, whether it is healthcare or academia or the media, you know, or the church, it exists everywhere. And so I really, really enjoyed the book. There were some very laugh out loud moments that were so great. And I think the author does such a good job of subplots and you really get attached to these characters. And so I'm curious to see what they do with it. Um, if they adapt it for, for this, for the screen. Um, but if you're looking for a good book, uh, you need to read Lessons in Chemistry. I'm going to take a little break and then tell you about something that I have been enjoying recently. So, um, something that I have been enjoying is newsletters. I believe the first newsletter that I kind of signed up for, there used to be um, this website called um, A Thing or Two. And it was a compilation of fantastic things for the home, for the body, clothing, apparel. Um, and it's run by a pair of work friends, um, Erica and Claire. I think they were acquired by Bed Bath & Beyond. And then I think that then it, they, they closed down because of the same connection, unfortunately. I really loved the website, so I was sad to see them go. But they began a podcast, and they have a newsletter. And I get a really cool newsletter. I mean, I think once every, is it every, every couple weeks or once a month or something. And they kind of curate, you know, cool dish towels or balaclavas or whatever. Um, and so that was my first foray into a newsletter. And I pay for this newsletter. It's like four bucks. I don't, I, I'm happy to contribute. Um, but... Some other newsletters that I kind of fell into um, is a, um, a fashion kind of, you know, mind named Laura Riley, who I think, I want to, is it a magazine is the name? But her um, newsletter, she compiles kind of what's on the, on the you know, on the, the forefront in fashion. And she sends a, a newsletter out each week. And then we'll also compile cool boutiques and, you know, places like Essence and Net-A-Porter and, and whatnot, uh, Moda Operandi, that are selling, like if they have sales, you know, kind of combs through, you know, 
up-and-coming brands and luxury brands and the sales that are there. So we often are on the same page, and it's kind of fun to see what I've caught up with and then what she's posting so that I feel even more like, I know what's going on. Um, I also uh, had the pleasure of Rachel Weiss being able to um, get her newsletter, uh, Opulent Tips, which is so much fun. It comes out every Sunday, and it is so witty and, uh, and smart, and I kind of am falling in love with fashion all over again because of these newsletters. It reminds me of my time in college. I was friends with a, a pair of sisters, and uh, they loved fashion. And one of them, she and I worked a uh, work-study job. So we would be at the computer and we would be talking through, you know, whatever runway show was coming and, and what trends we thought were going to be big this year. And not that either of us was really into trends as much as just curating our own style and kind of coming up with our own aesthetic. But at some point, you know, I kind of got utilitarian about clothing and so it's been fun to kind of revisit uh, the thrill of, um, of, you know, things that I, having a curated list of things that I'm looking for that I really want, which if anybody is listening to this and they're friends of mine and they know where to get a lovely flat black leather boot that's like, you know, mid-leg, mid please let me know because I can't find them. My old cold home ones are dying on me and I cannot find a replacement. So I don't know who listens to this anymore. Um, but you know, maybe somebody out there in the ether might have a tip. So I will gladly take it. That is all I have for you all today. I have some more reading to do for fun. So stay tuned. I'll be back. Have a lovely rest of the week. The Petite Polymath is a podcast from the mind of Brit Stone. Take care, y'all. Have a great week.